Hello, I'm Afia Salter and I'm here to help ambitious women just like you learn how to unapologetically manifest an extraordinary life. Whether that's finally finding and living your soul's purpose, building the business of your dreams, or kicking it back with a cocktail, margarita for me, you best believe I'm right there alongside you, strapping in for the ride. Okay, gorgeous. Ready to dive in? Let's do it. Hello, beautiful, and welcome back to the Manifest Edit podcast. So today I want to film, film? What am I talking about? (laughs) I want to record a very personal episode, and this is something that I have wanted to record for a while now, and there's just never been the right time, but again, I don't really believe in the right timing, I just feel it believe in the divine timing and because it's such an emotional topic for me it's something that I wanted to record when I myself was not feeling that emotional and I've been in a really good mood as of late I've been feeling really happy been feeling just like in such an abundance mindset that this feels like really the best time to talk about it so I wanted what I want to talk to you about today is my journey with endometriosis which is a chronic illness that actually affects 10% of the population, but is seriously underfunded, seriously under-researched, and for most people, it takes an average of seven years to get a diagnosis, which is just, it's just shameful, and I know that certainly my experience was not a positive one, and if just one like one person listening to this can have an improved experience because of hearing this, or if one person knows that they're not alone in how they're feeling, or one person can listen to this and say, wow, this tip helped me to manage my pain, then it's so worth it because it's something that affects my life on a daily basis. And honestly, it's something that I'm still on my own journey with, and I will continue to be on my own journey with for the rest of my life. I feel like at this moment in time, I'm in a really good place to talk about it, to give you some insights into the first signs that I had, into the medical attention that I've had, the surgery I've had, the medication I've taken, the steps I'm taking now, all of it. And there may not be that much of a structure to this episode because I just want to be like really open and just talk about what's on my heart without trying to structure it too much. But before we get too deep into that, I just want to give you a quick reminder. Well, I mean, I don't even want to say quick. I want to give you a reminder um, that the Vibes Method Retreat is kicking off in just under one week. Can you feel it in the air? The energy is palpable. Actually, it depends what time, at what point you're listening to this episode. However, the Vibes Method Retreat is kicking off on the 15th of August, and I so hope to see your beautiful face there. The Vibes Method 7-Day Retreat is a free virtual experience with me, all about helping you to manifest your extraordinary life. So throughout the seven days, we'll be talking about my five-step method for aligned manifestation, as well as developing a deeper sense of clarity, deeper sense of confidence, so you can stop settling, really create that life that you want to live and to live from that place with the full confidence that the path you're on is the path you're always meant to be on. And I know when it comes to manifestation that there is so much information floating around on the internet. So what I really want to do is filter that down to the essentials. So by the end of the week, you know the path forward and you're feeling really fucking good about that. So if you want to join us in the Vibes Method virtual retreat, make sure to head to the link in the show notes to save your spot inside. And the other thing is... Oh, or you can just head to afiasalta.com forward slash retreat. So 
If you've not yet heard of endometriosis, I just want to give you a definition to explain what it is. And I'm just going to read out this definition from the Mayo Clinic because I want to give you the kind of medical overview before I go into my own personal opinions. So endometriosis is an often painful disorder in which tissue similar to the tissue that normally lines the inside of your uterus the endometriotum, grows outside your uterus. Endometriosis most commonly involves your ovaries, fallopian tubes, and the tissue lining your pelvis. Rarely, endometriotal-like tissue may be found beyond the area where pelvic organs are located. With endometriosis, the endometriotal-like tissue acts as endometriotal tissue would. It thickens, breakdowns, and bleeds with each menstrual cycle. But because this tissue has no way to exit your body, it becomes trapped. When endometriosis involves the ovaries, cysts called (laughs) endometriomas may form. Surrounding tissue can become irritated, eventually developing scar tissue and adhesions, bands of fibrous tissue that can cause pelvic issues and organs to stick together. Endometriosis can cause pain, sometimes severe, especially during menstrual periods. Fertility problems may also develop. Unfortunately, effective treatments are available. Honestly, I think this description has underplayed it significantly that um, endometriosis can sometimes cause severe pain because in my experience and all the other people that I know who also suffer from endometriosis, it's not just a sometimes severe pain, it it, it always causes severe pain. And I think one of the issues that I noticed as well when I first knew that I was struggling is that people would just tell me that this level of pain was normal to be experiencing and because I was gaslit about my own pain I then began to gaslight myself so please if you are just even considering that something is off or that you may have endometriosis don't just like put it off and wait and see go see someone, get a second opinion if you need to, see multiple doctors until you get an answer that you're really happy with because it is not normal to be in pain, which is what I was initially told. So for me, the struggle began around, I want to say around 2012. It was definitely in my time at uni when I first began to notice that I was having not only irregular periods but really really bad period pain and not like the period pain that I was seeing my friends or my uni classmates were having this seemed to be significantly more severe I felt like I couldn't walk I felt like I couldn't get out of bed I'd be crying no painkillers would really do anything it it, I would take painkillers but it didn't really impact my ability to be able to function I could not go to uni I could not go to work I could not do anything apart from just like lie in bed and cry essentially and I think I blocked out like how badly I suffered with this in uni but since and talking to um two different people that I lived with during my time in uni they were like yeah I remember you always being in like really bad pain and I've obviously block that out because I don't remember that but anyway I was in a lot of pain and I don't remember at what point I decided to go to the doctors but it was pretty early on and I went to the doctors for it and they just said that it's part of being a woman it's just having some period pain and not to really worry about it don't stress about it essentially was what I was told and I was already on birth control so they were like yeah just you know keep up with that sometimes it can be more painful than other but this is just basically they said it was just part of the deal of being a woman and obviously they're your doctors so you just want to listen to them and well if this person says it's nothing to worry about then it's nothing to worry about but also in the back of my mind I'm seeing all my friends not struggling nearly as much as I'm struggling and not being in nearly as much pain as I'm being in and feeling like just having this intuitive feeling that something's wrong and 
it's really hard when it feels like your body is attacking itself but that you're in this really lonely journey because only you can you know it's an invisible illness only you can feel that pain and only you can describe it to other people so even at those beginning stages I may have underplayed it because because I just didn't really know how to express what I was going through but throughout the years you know I I did get more pain and it wasn't just period pain it was other times so I would have really severe back pain it would be um really painful to be intimate with someone um again with the irregular periods sometimes headaches and it was just really really debilitating and also that followed that is obviously the anxiety of what's wrong with me um, is something severely wrong um the depression that followed it like why can't I figure out what this is no one seems to care I don't know what I'm doing and so every time I would go to the doctors it was just similar answers or you know have you been for a STI check regularly and I just didn't really get taken seriously and I remember on one occasion I actually went to the doctors and he was like, oh yeah, it's probably just a little bit of endo, nothing to worry about. And because this guy's like, oh, it's just a little bit of endo, nothing to worry about. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it, it's not a big deal. This guy's saying it's not a big deal. And this went on for years. And um, every time I would go to the doctors and talk about it, they would give me different birth control to try. So they would switch the pill and say that this would change things, but switching the pill did not change things. And I think over the course of from 2012 to 2018 which is when I was on the pill maybe tried four or five different birth control pills because I was literally like I will try anything I and I just wanted to go by the advice I was being offered and you know I had begun to do my own research online I'm like maybe it's polycystic ovary syndrome maybe it's endometriosis but because I'd kind of brought these things to my doctors and they'd said that that wasn't it I I just assumed that you know I just felt at a loss really and um, it's hard because looking back now I really was um I really was in a lot of pain and I wish that I'd have been able to really put my foot down a bit more and just say how much it was impacting my life but I just felt so knocked back every time I did try to talk to someone and I remember even at the time that I was just like experienced such bad like depression and anxiety because of it and I'd gone to the doctors to see about getting some therapy to help me through it I was like I'm really struggling at the moment and that the doctor had just said like don't you have any friends you can talk to about this and what I had really wanted was the therapy to be able to talk to someone through it because it is a very isolating journey so I moved out here I moved to Australia in 2016 and at that point I was in a relationship with someone and they were seeing just how much this was impacting me and really really deeply affecting me and there was one time that we were actually on holiday together and we had gone out to go and do things and then it just hit me like crippling pain like I couldn't even walk and I was just like crying on the street and we had to go to this pharmacy and just get all of these painkillers and I was just taking like so many of them just to like try and ease up the pain and that's when my partner at the time was just like you can't continue to live this way this is really impacting you and at that point I had actually gone back to spend some time with them in the UK and visit my friends and family in the UK and the night before I was flying back to Australia I went out clubbing with my friends and my partner at the time and then just out of nowhere um, I had this crippling crippling migraine like I couldn't even open my eyes um, I was in so much pain and then I was getting stomach pain as well and I remember one of my friends 
because it's so bad that I couldn't even open my eyes she like covered my head with a jacket and had to like walk out the club with this jacket over my head and then I just spent my last night in the UK just like awake all night crying and then the next day it was so bad that I couldn't walk and I didn't think I didn't think I was going to be able to get on the plane because the pain was just it was so severe and I actually forgot to mention at this point that because I was back in the UK in this free medical care, I was like, oh, I'm just going to like um, book in for a pap smear, which is, you know, a cervical smear to test a cervical cancer. I was excited about being able to get this smear in the UK and just like clear up my mind because at this point it had gone on for so long and nobody seemed to, you know, be taking me seriously that I had, I had convinced myself. I was like, what if it's cancer? I feel like the only other thing it could be at this point is cancer. And I had convinced myself that that's what it was. So I'd booked in the cervical sphere because I was like, okay, this is just going to like ease up my mind or at least, you know, if I know, I'm going to know. And I went to the appointment and then she turned me away and said that I was too young at this point. And I was 20, 22, 23 at this point. She said that I was too young to get the smear and I was literally crying. I was like, please just give me the test. It would ease up my mind so much just to have this and just to know that it's not that and just to be able to take one thing off the list. She literally would not give me the test. So anyway, back to the day where I'm meant to be flying back to Australia. I'm in so much pain. I do not think I'm going to be able to get on the flight and I am googling like emergency doctor's appointments and they can't get me in anywhere. They're just advising me to go to A&E and that's not going to be an option so I do manage to get on the plane fly back to Australia and at that point I'm like okay enough is enough I need to see someone who's going to take me seriously and I don't care if I have to pay for it so the first doctor I saw was actually on Medicare which is the Australian version of the NHS so it is free healthcare um, I think you you do have to pay like a little bit, but maybe like $10, $20 for an appointment or something and then the rest of it is subsidised. So the first appointment I had with that doctor was amazing and she really did take me seriously. She said, you know, really validated me in saying that it wasn't normal to be in this amount of pain and that the first thing we were going to do was a pap smear. So we did um, a pap smear there Um you know, obviously as experiences go, pap smears aren't like an amazing experience to have, but it was a real relief for me to be able to do it. We got my results back from that and they were actually inconclusive. Um, and she thought that it, it wasn't, it didn't seem likely, but she just wanted to run the test again, just to be sure. And also just to give me that peace of mind. So we did the second test and everything came back all clear. And then she was like, okay, right. That's one thing out of the way. Let's move on to next kind of test and actually I moved house at this point so I got a new doctor um and it was a guy and you know often talking about feminine issues with men can be an uncomfortable experience but this guy made me feel really really comfortable um and I was very open about what I was going through again he advised me to change pill so I did change pill but we were also doing some other tests and he referred me at this point to a really really good gynecologist and this guy had I think he had something like a six-week waiting list I didn't care, I signed up for it anyway, and then I actually ended up getting a cancellation with this guy, and one of my friends had given me the advice, because by this point I developed quite severe medical anxiety, so my friend had given me the advice to just write everything down, write all the symptoms I was experiencing, write about how it was impacting my life, so I didn't have to worry about um, saying everything and getting everything out in person, that I could just go there, show them the list, um, show them the writing and I'd have everything that I wanted to say or any questions that I wanted to ask, I would just have them in advance so that I would feel less nervous about it. 
and by this point as well I've seen like three different doctors and this is in the space of a couple of months so I have been seeing a lot of different people so it's not like I've built rapport with anyone so I go in to see the specialist he is you know he makes me feel very comfortable as well he reads the list and again validates that it's not normal to be in this much pain he does an exam there and his like first reaction straight away is I think you have endometriosis based on what I've read and what you shared with me um I want to take you book you in for an ultrasound at yet another doctor um so I book in for an ultrasound and so most people will say that the only way to be sure of endometriosis is through a laparoscopy which is actually the sur- um, surgery you get and they put a camera inside of you and then if at that point they discover any endometriosis normally they do surgery at the same time but um, what this doctor wanted to do was to do it through the ultrasound way to check for an ultrasound before like booking me in for anything invasive so we did the ultrasound and just to give you context as well, you can have external ultrasounds, which is normally what you have with pregnancy, um, where someone like, and I don't actually <laughs> um, know how to describe it, but you know, you know what an external ultrasound is like and they look for a baby, but you can also use that to like look for any, um, any abnormalities inside. So we did both the external ultrasound and also an internal ultrasound, which is where they insert, um, they insert uh, ultrasound um, I don't know how to describe it, like a probe inside that is also also an ultrasound and the guy does that, um, both externally and internally. Again, another uncomfortable experience, but at the end of the day, I was like past caring at this point, I've been examined by so many doctors, I'm also becoming kind of desensitized to it. So the person does that and they're like, yep, um, looks kind of good and although they have to like send things away to the doctor so I went back to my initial gynecologist and he said that they had basically said things were fine on the ultrasound but he wanted to book in for a second opinion and he actually referred me to another doctor at this point so we are up to my fourth my fourth doctor and this is about month number four at this point so he referred me to another doctor because obviously he was a private doctor which was not covered and he's like this guy you can um is going to be significantly less than you're paying to see me so I went to this other doctor and he was like oh my wife actually works in um women's health and I would love to book you in for an ultrasound with her just to be sure you know we just want to double check so I booked in for the ultrasound with his wife um, and it was his wife and there was another woman in there as well and then they're doing both the external ultrasound and the internal ultrasound and then I'm lying on um, just like a hospital bed but there's also like a tv screen in front of me where I can see what they're seeing and then um, she's actually quiet for a minute and then she's like okay yeah this is pretty bad and you know, out of endometriosis, there are four stages and stages doesn't necessarily correlate to pain. It just correlates to how widespread the disease is within your body. And for me, she looked at it. She's like, yeah, this is really bad. And this is actually stage four endometriosis. And I remember just, I remember just bursting into tears because I know number one, this was like really devastating to hear. But number two, it was like, I felt really validated in that, oh my god, something is wrong, and I knew that I wasn't just, you know, imagining that things were worse than they were, or that this pain was normal to experience, it was like, finally, after, I think it was seven years at this point, um, yeah, finally getting that diagnosis was just, 
it was it was it was such a mix of emotions and you know at the t- um what i she's you know pointing out to stuff to me because obviously it's just a screen and I don't really understand what is really going on inside and she's like describing like what's going on and she points out like gross um there's like one on my ovaries and then one sticking in my pelvic wall to my bowel as well um and she was like yeah of course this is causing you like severe pain because it's sticking your organs together you know like I mentioned in the description at the beginning it's sticking things together that aren't meant to be stuck together um and so that's why it was causing me such severe pain so after that appointment it was just such a mix of emotions um I went back to the doctor that I'd recommended I go see his wife and we talked about options for managing the pain and we spoke you know about um something that he wanted to do was give me this injection which was called Zolidex and he basically said that this injection was going to really help me to manage some of the pain, manage some of the symptoms. And what this injection essentially does is it puts your body through a false menopause. So it stops estrogen production and it stops you from getting a period. But you also get like all the menop- the side effects is that you get all the menopause symptoms as well. So I would get like extreme hot flushes um sometimes at the beginning as well I would get headaches that would go with it and ultimately it's not something that you want to take for a long time because it decreases your bone density so I was advised to also be on calcium supplements while I was taking this injection and you can only take this injection for six months as well I was told that it's something you can only take for six months and it's kind of a temporary thing and because this injection was going to be a temporary thing they're like really the only way that this is gonna resolve for you is by getting the surgery is by getting the laparoscopy um to get that surgery so I spoke with that doctor about it and he's telling me about the surgery he's a really 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 great doctor he's on the boards of several women's health things and it's like highly regarded in Melbourne for the work that he does I'm like yes this is it I want to go for surgery with this guy and then he he tells me about the surgery and then he's like okay like you can just go and speak at the reception to book it in because obviously he did not want to tell me about the price and then when I got to the reception and she was telling me about the price and all these extra things it was going to be five thousand dollars minimum and again I just burst into tears because I wasn't expecting to pay that much um but also I knew I had to have it and There was an option to go back home to the UK for the surgery but at this point you know Australia does feel like my home is my home and if I went back to the UK to get the surgery I felt like it was going to be more traumatizing for me because I wouldn't be around my home environment I would like not be able to work after the recovery period so for me it seemed like the best idea to say in Australia so although I would have been able to get it for free in the UK it was more worth it to me to pay the five thousand dollars to have it here so in my mind I'm like oh my god I'm gonna have to pay this five thousand dollars it's a huge chunk of my savings um and then I think he heard me crying and he came out and he's like you know the other option is to go through the public health system basically invited me back into his office and talked about getting it through public health care and that it was going to be a wait of around six months to get this surgery but it would be completely free because I was on Medicare and because I was from the UK living in Australia there's certain medical um, benefits that you get and that one of those would be me getting surgery for free so although I was just pretty disheartened that it was going to be six months um, the hospital that I was going to get it at the Royal Women's Hospital was a really good hospital and 
it would be worth the wait to finally get the surgery. So in between that and finally getting my surgery day, I did have one day where I was just in such severe pain and I phoned my um, initial doctor, it's not the specialist, to try and get some painkillers and they said that they won't be able to give me any. I had to go to A&E, so I had to go to the accident and emergency to get some medication, get some painkillers and I told them my situation and that I was waiting for surgery and that this was really debilitating and a real struggle for me to live with. And then a few weeks later, I got a call that there had actually been a cancellation for surgery. And did I want to go in for my surgery in the next week? And I was just like, yep, sign me up. I'll, I'll go. I'll do it. I'm ready to go. And it was a really nerve wracking experience because, um, you know, I didn't have anyone to go with me. I've never been for surgery or any medical procedures that require you to stay overnight or anything like that before so they tell me about the surgery beforehand that it's going to take a couple of hours I'll stay overnight in the hospital and then I'll go home and probably um will take around six weeks to recover um so I was you know I felt as prepared as I could be for this situation and I went in (laughs) I remember getting changed into my little hospital gown and lying on the bed and I remember like crying just because I was like feeling so many emotions at this time and um the 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 anesthetic uh the person who gives you the anesthetic um was like don't worry we'll protect your eyelash extensions (laughs) and I was just like laughing at that and then I just kind of remember the anesthetic kicking in and then boom I was out and then I woke up obviously after the surgery and the person who's like wheeling me back to the main hospital room is like yeah you were in surgery for longer than expected tells me that it was something like six hours that I was in the surgery for initially it was meant to be two and I'm still like delirious of the medications I'm like did you take my organs you harvested my organs how could you like accusing them of stealing my kidneys so (laughs) apologies in advance um so yeah that was after the surgery there were some complications for me there was more than they thought there was going to be so it did take them a lot longer to do the surgery um and afterwards you have a catheter in um just because there's so much stress on your internal systems that they don't want you to have to like get up and out of bed to go pee or anything in the middle of the night however they don't let you leave the hospital until you can go to the toilet again so for me that was um something that was a struggle for me is that you needed to be able to pee a certain amount and I couldn't I couldn't do it so I actually ended up staying in a hospital for I think it was in total two or three extra days I was just meant to be in once overnight but I was in for like two or three extra days and the hospital staff were just so so kind so nice and it was just you know as far as surgeries go it was a really nice experience I remember at one point crying and one of the nurses brought me in an ice lolly I just felt so like looked after throughout the whole experience and um, just so, so supported. So after my operation, um, I continued to get the Zolodex injection for a few months. And then one day I went back to my doctor's and he was like, do you know what this medication is? This is really, really strong. I was like, yeah, they said about this. He's like, this is something that they give to cancer patients. Like this is a really strong drug for you and kind of advised that it was something that he didn't want me to stay on for much longer. so I also decided it wasn't something I wanted to stay on for much longer either um 
And then after my surgery, I did go for a checkup. I think this was after about six months and I went to see my doctor and she was like, do you want to see pictures from the surgery? She showed me some pictures. I was grossed the fuck out. If you get the option to see, don't, (laughs) don't. Um, So she was talking and checking everything out, making sure everything was fine. And then this is really what hit me was that she's like, okay, so essentially you'll just know that it's time to come for your next surgery when the pain just gets to be too much to bear. And essentially said that for most people, every couple of years that they need to go back in for surgery. And that really hit me because surgery is not an easy experience. And although as far as surgeries go, laparoscopy is not a very invasive surgery. For me, it was a really invasive experience and you know they make four small incisions like in your belly button in your stomach a bit lower down um and you know it did take me a while to recover from that not just physically but emotionally there's something quite I don't really know how to describe it but just you know the thoughts of people like in your body while you're passed out basically there was something about that that just I found quite traumatic and the idea that I would have to do that every two years of my life was just something that I couldn't really comprehend and then also you know as I mentioned earlier endometriosis can affect your fertility as well so she said you know when you do decide you want to get pregnant then I advise coming in for a surgery beforehand and we'll do some like oh scraping of your tubes she said scraping of your tubes um so yeah that was quite hard to hear and you know in my mind I had decided that I would not be going back for another surgery I just didn't want to didn't want to have to go through it again so for the first year or so the pain did definitely decrease but over time it has um, come back again to the point where I do experience pain pretty much every day not always like pelvic pain but sometimes it'll be back pain I am extremely fatigued a lot of the time most of the time I'm extremely tired um I I don't remember the last time really that I had a full night's sleep I will wake up like two or three times in the middle of the night to go to the toilet and it does impact my sleep quite a lot because I never really get that full sleep cycle so fatigue is something that is often a side effect of endometriosis just because of the pain management and other side effects as well so for me fatigue has definitely been one of the biggest things along with back pain along with pelvic pain um along with pain with intimacy as well and so really over the beginning of the year that began to those symptoms began to pick up again and I'd done some research online so I went to moved house again to another new doctor and I basically told them that online I'd seen things about pelvic physiotherapy I heard that could be really helpful and that's something that I would like to have and we talked we worked out like a whole care plan but then it turned out because of the visa that I'm on now I have private medical insurance and basically all of the solutions that we came up with none of them would be covered by private um would be covered by my private health insurance so that I would be paying you know a thousand dollars plus in additional care each month so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment and you know because I have made this decision that unless of course it's like you need to have the surgery otherwise you can you can't have kids which is something that I think I do want in the future that I'm not going to have another surgery because I just don't want to so I've been looking into kind of natural methods of pain management so in the past couple of months I have started seeing um, a naturopathic doctor 
I am having a regular course of acupuncture now and I've started taking medication to balance my gut health and my hope is that in working with this naturopathic doctor that you know she was pretty confident that it is going to make some positive changes in my life definitely in relation to the pain that I'm experiencing which is just such a huge thing for me and it's very frustrating being 27 and just having you know what feels like the body of an elderly person some days or having to leave dinners or nights out because a sudden pain flare-up will come up or having the anxiety that when you know when I'm not in pain it's a relief that I'm not in pain but it's always like a kind of like lying in wait until the next time that the pain comes around it's like constantly being in that fight or flight mode I noticed that my jaw is constantly clenched because I'm constantly just like tense like you know when you um uh you flinch and you you get that that reaction it's like I'm always in that state um and that obviously does impact the way that I live in the day-to-day basis it does impact impact my anxiety levels on a day-to-day basis so you know it's too early to say how things are going with a naturopathic doctor but I hope that I will get just some relief and just some semblance of being able to live normally and just enjoy normal life so yeah that's that's pretty much it when it comes to my endometriosis story you know there's been a lot of ups and downs and if you do think that you're potentially suffering from endometriosis or you have a friend who thinks that they might be suffering with endometriosis just like please know that your pain is valid and see as many people as you need to to get a confirmation of that and to know that it isn't all in your head that this pain you're experiencing does not have to be the end of the road for you it's not normal to be in so much pain and that you know your own body best like you intuitively know and throughout that whole time when I'm seeing doctors and they were saying that nothing was wrong that the pain was in my head intuitively I know I just kind of drowned out that voice and just decided not to pay attention to it any longer but ultimately you know what's best for you and your own body so please 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 just see who you need to see like whether forums online or reaching out to people (laughs) not not to me because um you know it can be quite traumatic taking on lots of people's experiences of the pain that they're experiencing for me I'm someone who doesn't find things like endometriosis forums useful I don't find that useful it actually makes me more stressed and more sad so I try to not really um get too involved in those communities but I know for some people that can be really useful and you know listen to this podcast episode as many times as you need google you know your symptoms and yeah that's all I want to say is like your health is so important your health is one of the biggest currencies that you have so please please protect it and do what you need to do to get your diagnosis if you do think that you even have like the slightest of symptoms whether it's endometriosis or something else just keep keep going and I know that it can be really challenging so if you do do that you know for me that notebook with the symptoms was really really useful being able to compare how I felt previously to how I felt now, being able to compare myself to friends and seeing their experiences were like vastly different from my own. All of those things were really useful. And, 
you know ultimately your journey is your journey but you know your body best and always remember that and if for you you decide that you do want to have surgeries um on a continual basis you know there is no right or wrong i just chose the course of treatment that i felt was best for my body and ultimately my soul as well but for some people i know that surgery ongoing surgery is the preferred option or maybe no surgeries at all or acupuncture or cupping or naturopathy like you know there are so many different things to try and it can be frustrating to know that it is a process of trial and error to see what really works for you what resonates for you something else i do regularly is um massages as well i get massages quite frequently um I think, you know, it doesn't, I, actually another side effect of my endometriosis is that I, I can't lie on my stomach, so I don't really get back massages anymore because it's really painful for me to lie on my stomach, I just get quite severe pain from that. This also relates to clothes as well, is that I'm technically a size four to six when it comes to clothes, but if I have clothes that are actually fitting for me, especially like jeans and things like that, I can only wear them for so long or elasticated waistbands, I can only wear them for so long before it begins to get uncomfortable for me. So that is really frustrating for me. And everyone's symptoms with endometriosis will vary, but ultimately you need to experiment and see what works for your symptoms. I'm not a doctor, I'm just sharing what has helped me. And I think also the other thing is to note like mentally, what things can you do for yourself mentally? Because it is such a draining, draining thing to have to deal with. And it can be incredibly, incredibly lonely because it, it feels like you you know, you can't fully express the weight of what you're dealing with. And it's rare that you will have many friends who are experiencing um, endometriosis as well that you're able to share with. So all you can do is really use your best descriptions and you don't want to always be the friend who's talking about your pain. So it can feel very lonely a lot of the time. So whether you decide to seek therapy or some sort of coaching or, you know, just something so that you're not just living with it on your own, I think that is one of the most important things. And having someone who's in your corner to help you advocate for yourself is a really, really good thing as well. I definitely think my journey would have taken a lot longer if I didn't have my partner at the time like convincing me to just be really really persistent with my healthcare and to not settle for an answer that wasn't what I wanted or what I needed to move forward he really did you know push me to keep going when I just felt like it was a real struggle to even get myself to the doctors so having someone in your corner and just having someone you can be honest with about the pain you're experiencing is really really important and whether that's keeping a diary or just a friend but you know you do want to be careful of um how much you can share with this friend because we don't just want to be emotionally dumping on people but yeah um so that's really it for this episode I think I I did have some questions on Instagram and I think they were like around what the initial symptoms and things were and how I've dealt with it which I think I've answered in this um, in this episode obviously I'll keep you updated on my journey as well with the naturopath naturopathy, naturopathy um, and the um, acupuncture and how much that helps if it helps what other things I'm trying you know I will be super open about this journey and I know for a lot of people changing their diet significantly has helped for me I haven't really changed my diet that much I think I'm in pain a lot of the time so just let me have my cheese okay cheese makes me happy I think um dairy and sugar I said to contribute to the amount of pain that you're experiencing but I do consume quite um a large amount of sugar at this moment in time so 
Um, I think it's something that in the future my uh, doctor will tell me to probably cut back on a little bit, but while I haven't had that advice yet, I'm just living my best sugar life. And yeah, so thank you for joining me on this journey. I know this was a bit of a longer episode, but to really just give you the details and how I was feeling on everything, all the surgeries that I had, the advice that I had, the bad advice, the good advice, did take a bit of time. And yeah, thank you for coming with me on this journey. And if you did find this episode useful, I would so, so appreciate if you shared this, whether that's on your stories, Instagram stories, and tagging me at fiasalter underscore, or whether that's sharing it with a friend who you think could gain some value from this episode or some useful tips. As I said, so many people do actually struggle with this disease, but it's still so under-researched, underfunded, and the sad truth is that so many people are suffering in silence and if we can just do one you know one thing to change that then it's a win in everyone's book so thank you again for coming with me on this journey and I will for sure keep you posted on any updates and maybe I'll do like a six months down the line how things are going now you know those episodes when they're like this is what this person's doing now um maybe that will be that will be me and next time you hear from me I will be sleeping through the night have more energy than I know what to do with and just living my best life oh wait I'm doing that already thanks for tuning in today I am so glad to have you here and if you love what you've heard remember to subscribe and leave a review because it helps even more people find and enjoy the podcast and I just appreciate it so much one last thing before you go what was your biggest takeaway today screenshot the episode and share on instagram at afiasalter underscore to let me know okay can't wait to hear from you until next time gorgeous 